What's up, everybody? We got Hernan Siaz on here today, man from San Diego, California, teacher, business bro, leader, business bro podcast. We're talking about making decisions so that it leads you to where you really want to go in life right here, right now. Gentlemen, welcome to the Purpose Infused Brotherhood, the podcast where men come to build, battle, and bond together and be the best versions of themselves. If you're a man who's ever felt out of alignment with his purpose, then you're in the right place to reignite the fire and infuse male purpose into your life every single day. And now your hosts, John Doe and Clay Smeltzer. What's up, everybody? We are so excited to have Hernan Siaz on tonight. We're going to be talking about making decisions, guys. And making decisions, it it is yours. You got to own that. And those decisions that you make either take you towards where you want to go or away from where you want to go as a man, as a husband, as a father that is on purpose and on fire every single day. So we're going to take the next 30 to 45 minutes and we're going to talk with Hernan uh, here about making decisions. At the end, he's going to give you top three tools to help you make decisions that get you the results that you actually really want in your life. So, John, say what's up and introduce her name for us tonight, man. All right, man. Yeah, I'm super happy to be here. You know, being back, uh, I missed last week. You know, I was out in Scottsdale, Arizona for the Mastermind Group out there, which was phenomenal. So I'm glad to be back here this week and and roll in here with Hernan Siez, uh, a.k.a. the Business Bro. is the host of the Business Bros podcast, daily interview show that highlights entrepreneurs and their journey through business and life. Hernan's background is in taxes with a degree in accounting and teaching credential in mathematics. He's built multiple businesses over 17 years, including his current venture with Pipeline Insurance. Most recently, due to the success of his podcast, he has launched his marketing agency. His mission is to help businesses grow by getting them more clients with the power of podcasting. Nice. So, Hernan, say hello and, and give the listeners an awesome win for the week that you had. What's that? You guys remember that commercial? <laughs> oh, yeah. Going back, dude. Going back. Going back. <laughs> right? Well, first of all, uh, thank you for having me on the show. Uh, I love the, dropping in some of that old school stuff. My students would say, that happened back in the late 1900s. Well, that's where I'm from, ladies well, and gents, yes, back yes. in the late 1900s. So we used to actually have to sit through our commercials back then, and some of them were good. So there you go. We're dropping that one. All right. Uh, what was the question again, John? I forgot already. <laughs> Give us a win for the week. Something that Win you're, uh, for the week. Of. Yeah, man. Uh, my win for the week is, is my minimum standards. I have a set thing that I have every single day um, that I set for myself. These are my minimum standards. Uh, and they're not really difficult. They're just, you know, I work out. I have a sales email that I have to send out. Um, I have to create my thumbnails and and uh, intros for my show for the week. I got to uh, uh, post the audios that I that we create and then plan for class. Like I, I do those. Those are my minimum standards that I got to do every day, and I knock them out every single day for last week. So, you know, they're little things, but it's the little things that get you that major success. So. Those are my, uh, that's my win for the week. Boom. I love it. Love it. Love it. Love it. And that goes into our topic tonight, which is making decisions because I I read, have you guys ever read? um, I just totally forgot it. Not atomic habits. That's the one sticking in my mind. Um, The one thing. No, 
Start with why. No, <laughs> all those the are great ones. We're gonna <laughs> drop all the book ones. Drop all. Them. Just keep naming them. Just keep naming them. Listeners, read it. Keep naming them because it'll it'll come back to me. Million dollar offer. Relentless yeah. by Tim Grover. Wait, what do you think? Go right. There you go. Think and grow rich. I'm actually. Oh, oh, I got it. I got it. The slight edge. How about slight that? There you go. There, there you go. go. That was going to be my next one. Damn it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. No, the slight edge again. I, I love that book. One of it's uh, that was actually one of the game changers for me. Books that I read uh, is because it said the little bit by little bit by little bit gives you a big clump. And I was like, dang, man, that's good because uh, what we're talking about today is making decisions. And I believe that your decisions that you make. Actually, here's what I believe. You are exactly where in your life where you're at because the choices that you have made, the decisions that you have made. Um, and and I get time sometimes, you know, well, Clay, you don't understand. Like, you're right. I don't understand, but I don't have to understand your story. You have to understand your story. Mm-hmm. And I think it's important for people to understand that. So I want to jump into your story right away, Hernan, about, you know, let's go back to your childhood. What what did that like and what kind of decisions did you make as a child? Oh, therapy session. All right, let's lay my butt <laughs> on the couch here. Let's see what's going to happen. All right, let's do back it. to the childhood. Now, um, I, I grew up in a kind of a Brady Bunch family. My parents were... My mom, I should say, was very religious, pretty much ran, a, you know, my family pretty much ran a Seventh-day Adventist church. Um, and so we spent a lot of time in that space, uh, which for for those of you who grew up in a religious sense, there's a lot of great core moral foundation that gets built uh, within a church. But I also feel it's very, it could be very limiting to what reality in the real world is. I think, you know, a lot of times religion is subject to interpretation. And I, I always say that church is on a need to go basis. And there's times where I don't need to go, right? Uh, but but when growing up, we, we had to go. One of the things that it really bothered me was uh, I wanted to play baseball. Baseball is played on a Saturday. Well, Saturday you go to church. And so for many years, it was a battle with mom to let us go play baseball. And uh, it, it kind of gave me a little bit of that resentment feeling growing up. Uh, and, and I kind of pushed away from a church ever since. But still, a lot of those core things of like who you're supposed to be, whether you're supposed to be, you know, having a lot of money in your life or opening doors uh, that maybe you shouldn't cross because there might be a little bit of temptation. Like a lot of that mm-hmm. stuff still has been part of my core beliefs. To this day, there are things that, you know, some of my own little vices that I have in my life that I feel uh, a bit of shame over or yeah. Ooh, fear of, about admitting them because of what I grew up in. And that's not to say that I grew up in anything bad. I Everything I grew up in was really good, right? But it's still some of those societal issues and um, some of those church issues, they really become part of who you are. And so, you know, I had a, I had a great upbringing, um, except for when it comes to money. I, you know, the only thing I knew about money growing up was that, that we didn't have any. Right? We were we were broke. And uh, me too. Um, right. I remember sitting in church and mom was always about, you know, pay attention to all that stuff. And, and dad would sit and he had this little yellow pad of paper and I would always be looking, what's he doing over here? And he's writing numbers down. And he was going over our budget, like sitting in church, going over, do we have enough money for this week to like survive? And, you know, they were always very open with us. They showed us all these things They we knew we didn't have very much, um, but we knew exactly what that what that actually looked like. Yeah. So, you know, it, there was those great things that we could talk about a lot of this stuff, even though no one knew the answers to them when we're about gotcha. uh 16, 17, uh, 18 years old, about to graduate high school. My dad did something that really kind of set us uh, on a good direction, I think. He hired this lady to come to the house and talk to us about money. 
because mm. he didn't know the answers, right? He knew, he was smart enough to know that I don't know how to get you to that next level. So let me bring somebody who might have the skill set to teach you a little something. And, you know, she sat with us and she was like, hey, what do you guys spend your money on? Let's bust out your bank statements. And, you know, she sat with us for two hours. Uh, and what we ended up getting out of this was she, you know, our idea, my brother and I's idea was we we're going to graduate and we we're going to go, you know, rent an apartment, maybe rent a house, rent out the, the bedrooms with your buddies and, you know, do that whole thing. And she kind of sat down and looked at us and was like, well, that's a great idea. But instead of renting, why don't you guys buy the place and then rent the rooms and do that? And, you know, we're, we're almost thinking, you know, 18, 19 years old, who's going <laughs> yeah, to let me buy a place, right? Well, she's like, well, gather this paperwork, get this together, take it to this person. Then, then, then after that step's done, go to this next step. And then after this next step, go to this next step. 20 years old, I was 20 years old and we ended up buying our first place. And that's where we moved into, right? And that was the stepping stone uh, to like, holy crap, there's this whole other world. Right around that time, I got introduced to this book, this very first book that I ever read because I made it through high school without reading a single book. Uh, and that was, I except say, for, I always say, except for Of Mice and Men because we read it out loud in class, right? So that's the only yeah, time I read yeah. it. But <laughs> That sounds like me. Book. I was like, yeah, read right? this. And I'm like, yeah, 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 cool. I'll find a clip yeah, yeah. note somewhere. Yes, yeah. exactly, exactly. You want me to write a paper? Cool, I'll give you my opinion. Insert clip from the from the book, cite it, and I'm good. There you go. It looks read like the, I read it. Read, read the front, read the middle, and read the back of the book. That's it. And you're That's set. all I did. Yeah, yeah. You're good. And if you're, you're lucky, there's a movie. You got a good idea of what's going on. You can have a conversation about it. No, but uh, I started reading uh, Robert Kiyosaki's Rich Dad, Poor Dad, right? Oh, okay, and, yeah. and that opened my eyes to, you know, at the time I was working at Wells Fargo, I was working at a bank. And it wasn't a traditional bank teller. I was at the cash vault. So literally, I'm taking night drop deposits, and we're separating cash and change and dollars, and then we take all the dollars and we separate them to the ones, the fives, the tens, hundreds, right? We're we're having handling all kinds of money, but my paycheck was tiny, yeah, right. And so I'm reading this Kiyosaki book, and he's talking about you know cash flow quadrants, and he's talking about assets and liabilities and different ways of looking at the world. And I'm looking at my paycheck like, dude, I'm doing something wrong. Like there's this whole other world out here and I don't know anything about it, but dad showed me this. We were able to buy a house. This guy's talking about these other opportunities that are out there. What's going to happen, you know? And then like almost anybody else in business, we stumbled upon it. You know, my brother was working at Cox communications when we, when he got fired from that job for rolling his truck. I mean, mind you, we're punk kids. He was rolling the truck. <laughs> he was running the truck in the mud and it rolled over and he got fired and we had this mortgage to pay for. So at the time, you know, we were installing high-speed internet. So everybody, you know, was barely getting these. We were still hooked up to the telephone. And now there was this other <laughs> thing that you can hook up to the internet a faster way. And so we started this computer repair company. And nice. we would literally wake up in the morning and we'd hand out flyers door to door. We'd do that for a couple hours, you know, one job, then another job. Then all of a sudden we were booked out. We hired an employee, started a, you know, ha had to find a, a retail location, had a couple employees. Uh, then the uh, then love happened. My brother got his heart broken, and he joined the Navy, and he split. Right, he bounced <laughs> on me, left me with this business, uh, and I ended up having to close up shop, realizing that I knew nothing about business at the time. I had dropped out of school, thought I was you know top dog, making all kinds of money. Dropped out of school, closing this business down. Didn't know anything about payroll taxes. Never paid them. Never filed them. Never filed any taxes. Didn't know I was in a, a marketing contract. A couple of marketing contracts with these old marketing things called yellow pages. For those of you who don't know, uh, so I had marketing contracts with those guys with petty savers. We had 
a lease, all kinds of things that as I shut this business down, I, I learned more in that failure than I did when I was going to San Diego State. And then when I did in almost anything after that, you know, I closed up shop, it was done. I was completely broke. Well, pretty much completely broke, about to get married. But that's when I knew I was like, okay, I'm going to hit this reset button. And this next time, I'm going to do it better. Right. And that's when I rolled in, you know, I went back to school. I got my degree in accounting. I wanted to know how money works. I got, I enrolled in tax school, started working for H&R Block because I was like, who was this Uncle Sam guy that took all my money and why the <laughs> hell did he do that? Right. I started to put these pieces together. And so, you know, when I explain to kids, like, you know, I, I teach a course called Financial Algebra and I'm trying to teach them some of these core things in life. And I give them the example. I'm like, the first time you play Monopoly, I can almost guarantee you sucked. You didn't know what mm -hmm. you were doing. But the second time you played, now you had an opportunity to win. And the only difference between the first and the second time is now you knew the rules. And yeah. if you know the rules to the game, you have an opportunity to win. And I think that's what my biggest failure was for me nice. was I learned some rules. And now yeah. I knew where to find the answers to these to these rule questions. Now I can play the game differently. Now watch oh, yeah. out. Nice. Yeah, that's a, that's amazing. Yeah. Hey, what, what I love is we're talking about decisions. And there's a ton of decisions made throughout that point. But I love what your dad did, man. And Absolutely. That's, that really stuck out as, man, he, you know, and, and the thing is, is what a great example, too, that your dad set. Because lots of times as men, we don't like to ask for help. You know what I mean? We don't want to sit there and be like, oh, I need help with this. or and Especially when it comes to finances, because a lot of times we're like, you know, we just don't talk. I mean, I was taught, don't talk about your finances. Yeah, they like for some reason, my wife is the only one my mom talks finances to. She doesn't even talk it to me, but. <laughs> I'm like, whatever, like, that's fine with me. But like, I was always told, don't talk, don't know anybody else's salary, don't know this, don't know that. So it puts these restrictions on you. But what your dad showed you and decision that he made for the family, which I think was an amazing one, which set you and your brother and everybody else in your family on a different trajectory. Think about if he didn't make that decision to bring that person in, what, where would you be at? What would you be doing? Like, how would that have worked out? And that's the cool thing is, your dad made the decision not only for himself to be get better, but he set the example of helping up, of saying, "Hey, this is it, it's important for us to be able to grow in this area too." So he's choosing to break yeah. the cycle, right? Yeah. I mean, that's literally what what what's happening there is you're choosing to break the cycle. Like if if he didn't do that, I only would have done what I had seen in my circle do right? right people just did what naturally we did oh we got we got a job and then we you know we rented a place and you know we bought stuff on credit cards and like whatever it was because that's all we knew yep. you only right. can do what you've been brought up to to like you know it's, it's funny i tell my my parents all the time um, not my 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 students parents all the time i'm like look kids they hear you they're not always listening to you but <laughs> yeah. they're watching they right they're watching. definitely yeah. watching you and so, you know, when you lead by example, sometimes the example you set is a good one in some of the aspects of your life. Sometimes it's not. And it's mm -hmm. not your fault. It's just, you know, you don't well, know. You know. You're trying to do the best you can as a parent, as a father, mm -hmm. right? You're, you're just trying to do what you, what you think is best. But it doesn't always mean that that's the right answer. You're just, you know, it's, it's, just, it's just a lesson learned. And that's why today I feel like I'm my my motto is I, I open doors. So I right. brought the, the podcast into my classroom. Why? Because mm -hmm. every time there's an entrepreneur that I'm interviewing, somebody in my class might think, oh, I didn't know that was a possibility. I want to look yeah. more into that. Opening doors, right? That's what it's all about for me. 
how many doors can I open? The guests that come on the show, maybe I'm giving them the stage and somebody out there is going to make that connection with them and it's going to open a door. And then, you know, I, I got a real estate license, man. So sometimes right. I physically actually open the door. <laughs> but, but at least, you know, metaphorically, that's what I'm trying to do yeah. every day is how do I open more doors for people? Yeah, good stuff, man. I'll tell you, and uh, something that you guys, I learned about last week when I was out there in Arizona, there's a new thing coming out. It's called uh, Gravy Stack. My guy, uh, Scott Donald's creating this. It's a, it's an app that's going to be tied to a bank account to, and they've gamified the banking. So it's to teach kids to become financially literate. Like his mission is to empower 50 million kids to become financially literate through like this gaming app, you know, geared towards banking and financial literacy, which is, it's going to be awesome. It's going to be, it's going to be a big thing. It's just getting ready to drop like next week. Nice. So keep keep your That's eyes open dope. for it and check it out. Yeah, for sure. Absolutely. Um, and I seen you got uh, some EXP Realty signed back there behind you, huh? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's the go. brokerage that I'm at, of there course. You go. Good. Yeah, I, I was with a bunch of them EXP Realty people. Uh, Brent Gove and uh, yeah, I love Brent. Yeah. He's amazing. Great Brent speaker. A, if you ever get a chance to listen, I, I, I spent all week with him out there in Scottsdale. He spoke. Him and his wife Kathy. Yeah, for sure. Great yeah. dude. For absolutely great dude great brokerage uh there's mm -hmm. a lot of people that are moving in that direction mainly in in this is what i tell people all the time I'm like look you can get in the real estate but the problem with the real estate business is there's no exit strategy right you mm -hmm. you you it's like hunting you make a sale you get to eat you don't make a sale you don't get to eat that's the way the real estate game <laughs> yeah, works but true. with exp it gives you an opportunity to have an exit strategy you can buy shares in the company you can build a team and have a downline and have that revenue stream coming in so the, it just gives you a little bit of a different opportunity. Plus the technology is dope. Like, I mean, right let's on. face it. You're talking about gamifying, gamifying, you know, the banking system. Well, they, they essentially gamify the entire real estate process. If I got to go to accounting, I log into a computer, hop online and go to the accounting department and talk to them, yeah. right? Like it's super easy, super cool to do. So the, for those of you in the real estate space, you might want to check out that brokerage. Sweet. Good, good, good plug decision. for EXP. Good <laughs> there you go. Good plug for EXP. That's good. That's good. Yeah. No, like, like so, so in your past, any decisions that you have made that have been like, oof, I shouldn't have made that decision. I know, like, as, as we're growing <laughs> up, I know. Wow. We really about, got so much time here. I know. It's, that's right. why I said one. I said one or two, right? I think I said one or two. Just, you know, because no. I think there's lots of times, you know, there, there's things that we do as we grow up because, you know, I'm 41 right now. Her, you know, he's 40 yeah so we're all around the same 48, the old guy he's the old guy out there but <laughs> you know when we look at it you know things in when we grew up were a lot different than than what we have now and i think mm -hmm. you know one of those things is like we learn a lot of different things as we grow as we grow up you know for for me athletics was one of those things that really changed my perspective about a lot of things i learned a lot of things on the field because uh, and I'm glad I had that because if I didn't, I probably would have made a lot of stupider decisions in my life um, because of that. But what are some of those decisions like in your past that you made that you really like, just give me, give us one or two that you made this decision. We know it was the wrong decision, but there was that, that added growth to it because you're like, you know what? I I messed up here, but here's where I assess, reflect, adjusted. And now I made this very incremental growth because I think a lot of times, the decisions that we make in our past or decisions that we make wrong are the ones that give us the opportunity to grow the most. Yeah. Yeah. I'll, I'll give you one. Uh, I mean, I, I told you guys that first business that I had, 
called PC Cruisers. We cruise to you. We're a computer repair company. Uh, and, you know, I, I had very little knowledge of business at all, but I was told you should incorporate, right? And so we met with an attorney. Attorney said we should incorporate. I was like, cool. He's like, you know, you keep, it, it's it's really about liability, right? You want to avoid being sued at all costs. You want to separate things. I was like, that sounds great. That's perfect. So, I, I, you know, we we incorporated. It was awesome. But as I was closing my business down, one of the things I didn't understand was the difference between my corporation signing for something and me personally backing something. I didn't know the difference, right? And so this is one of those mistakes. And I think it just comes like what you were saying with education and wisdom. I didn't know there was a difference in the two. And so when my business went under, I went under. I was personally liable and backed my corporation on marketing contracts, on leases, uh, a lot of different things. And so when the business defaulted on those things, then I got a little knock, you know, hey, by the way, you personally signed for this stuff, remember? I was like, no, my corporation did. No, look, uh, let's look at this contract right here. Oh, crap. Right? But that's one of those things where you learn. At that yeah. point, you learn and you move forward. Um, I, I like to tell this other story of a mistake that happened uh, to my benefit. And so, so you know, around the time we started doing this whole, we got our first house, right? And, and real estate started going up. It was about 2003. I mean, the market was just taking off. And so I saw this commercial for learn how to become a real estate investor. And so we, you know, I was like, okay, cool. We go to this hotel and it's like, hoorah, like, yeah, look, this is the next best thing. You're going to learn everything. Come join us for this three-day, two-night training. It's only $4,000. And I was like, you know what? I need to learn this stuff. Sign me up. I'm going to go. So I give them this you know, shiny new credit card that I got. And mind you, this is old school. This doesn't tell you how old it was. They get their machine and they're like, <laughs> the little, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> the little carbon That's copy it. thing, right? So, you know, sign the paper. Cool. Uh, next day or two, I get this call and the guy's like, hey, man, um, you know, we did the, the credit card thing. Something happened. We didn't get the last couple numbers. Do you mind, you know, repeating them so we can get them squared away? I was like, yeah, no problem. Gave him the information. He's like, all right, cool. So we credited your account. We'll see you in a couple of days in Vegas. Looking forward to it. I was like, awesome, man. Awesome. So uh, about a week goes by and my credit card company sends me a check for $4,000. I was like, What's going on here, right? And this is, is, I use this story when I talk to my kids about the difference between debits and credits. So what did the guy do? The guy made a big mistake, bank error in my favor. Instead of charging my credit card four grand, he credited my credit card four grand. Oh. Right? And so he gave me $4,000 and I was like, okay, well, let's, you know, by that time I was already told by all my friends, oh, you got scammed. Like, you're not supposed to go to these things. They're a bunch of crap. So I was like, all right, you know what? I'm going to hold on to this check. I'm going to go to this event. Um, if it's super awesome, then cool. You know, I'll, I'll see what I do with it. Otherwise, you know, if I got scammed, I, at least they paid me to, for the scam. Right. So <laughs> I go to this event right. and there's like, I don't know, like 200 people at this event and I'm looking around cause it was, it was four grand for two people. I'm like, okay, so how much did they make? They're, they're not hurting for my four grand. Cool. So, but I ended up learning a ton of stuff, three days. And, and the biggest thing is I didn't know or speak real estate at the time. So it was a lot of information. At the very end, 
they're like, all right, we're going to hop on these tour buses and we're going to go around the neighborhood and check out these properties. Let's see if you guys can put together what we learned in these classes and let's see if we can put it. And dude, it was just a hoorah again. So mm -hmm. they go to these different properties and they're like, let's check this place out. You walk around, you're like looking at all the things, start talking about the different deal structures. And they're like, all right, who's going to buy this one? And here we go, 21-year-old kid over here like, yeah, this one's mine. Ended up buying a property for 200 grand. Um, and <laughs> and, uh, and and when once the deal closed, escrow closes, um, my mortgage payment is like 1,100 bucks a month with the HOA and everything all included. Uh, and I can't rent it for like 1,000. I can only rent it for like 1,000. So I'm gonna have a negative cash flow and I can't even afford to have, you know, yeah. I, that, I can't afford to do that, but I'm gonna have negative cash flow. On the plus side, I did learn this strategy um, about a lease option. And so we did that. And we ended up turning that negative into a positive due to nice. the education that we did get from this event. So it turned into, you know, we ended up finding a tenant, gave us four grand for the lease option, which is awesome, upfront cash. We ended up uh, cash flowing this property an extra hundred bucks a month, which we applied towards their down payment. A year later, we ended up selling it for 250. It worked out amazing. But it, uh, you know, and we're talking about decisions. A lot of times, you don't know what the end result of the decision is that you're going to make, right? Mm. So I went to this training. Luckily, they paid me to go there. At the end of that training, by the way, they're like, hey, do you want to learn about corporations and liability? I'm like, hell yeah, I made a mistake last time. I'm definitely learning about that <laughs> stuff, right? So, uh, and, you know, they're like, oh, yeah, cool. Well, it's only four grand. <laughs> so I'm like, perfect. I got this $4,000 check. You paid me four grand already. I'll give it right to you. <laughs> so I gave it right back to them. We did that training as well. But, but and that's kind of my point, right? Like sometimes you don't know whether what you're doing is going to be a mistake or not, but you make the decision and you move forward anyway. Yeah. And you're hopeful that the stuff that you learned in the past or and while you're that pressure cooker situation, that something is going to come out of it. And at the end of the day, man, like I love this line that, you know, from Tom Hanks Castaway, dude, tomorrow the sun will rise. And like, it doesn't matter what happened today. It's, it might be detrimental. You could have lost somebody in your life. You know, there are all kinds of things, but the sun rose and you woke up, right? Which gives you an opportunity to make whatever changes you need to, to whatever decisions you make. But the lack of making a decision, I think that's where you're going to have the most regret. At the end of the day, when you're, when you're like on your deathbed, I doubt that anybody sits there and has zero regrets. I'm pretty sure everyone thinks I could have done more. I could have done better. Mm -hmm. I could have done whatever. But today, at least you get to look back and be like, dude, I did it. Like I did it. I made the mistake. I learned something. I turned it into a positive or even the negative turned into a lesson, but I did it. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. Woo. Right on. That was good. I love that too, because the, the, the lack of decision. It's still a decision. Yep. And I, I don't know where I read that at, but I know I read it. I should have said that because then I should be like, <laughs> that was me, you know, but, <laughs> but really not making a decision is a decision is to not make it, you know, and I think that's where it, it's, I also heard this one before too, you know, there's three frogs on a fence and, you know, one jumped off and the other one decided to, and then how many frogs are left? Most people would be like one. And I'm like, well, just because you made a decision doesn't mean you took action. So there's still two mm -hmm. frogs sitting on the thing. You know, you got to actually take action after you make that decision. And I think that's one of the things, too, is that as as men, we need to make decisions that move us forward. You know, I think everybody needs to do that, too. But um, Hernan, you you have kids, right? 
I do. I have nice. a 12 year old son, 13 year old girl. Man, <laughs> dang. <laughs> I teach seventh and eighth graders. I'm like, yeah, in the same house. All right. Yeah, I, we have. And again, I have three kids. John's kids are older because he's older. You know what I mean? <laughs> Just had to throw that out there, John. You knew that was coming. Thanks. Um, yes, I did. <laughs> you're welcome. You're welcome. But no, uh, our mind's graduating. Uh, one of ours is graduating. We have a 15 year old and a 10 year old. And, uh, you know, so so what do you let's jump into some of the decision as as fathers, um, because I think one of the things is, is there's no blueprint for us. And sometimes mm-hmm. we get into those things, you know, of. You know, the two greatest question every man has is, am I good enough and do I have what it takes? And along those lines are making those decisions for a family. Uh, and sometimes we sit there and be like, damn, I think I nailed this. And other times you're like, shit, you know, am I really do making the decisions that I want? So can you walk us through some of some of those trials and tribulations that come in there and celebrations of being a dad and kind of some of those decisions making making things in there? Man, sometimes, yeah, I love how you phrased that. Like, am I enough or am I, am I am I doing the right thing? And I think that's always the question that kind of falls into place. Because my wife and I are like complete opposites, right? For me, I'm I'm more of the, I want them to make their decisions. I want them yeah. to enjoy the choices that they make, even if it's a mistake. Um, whereas she wants to force them into situations so that they get an experience. Mm-hmm. I think both are are great. Like there's, I don't think there's a wrong answer. Sometimes yeah. you force a kid to try something and they hate it. They hate you for it at that moment. And then they realize, oh, wait, I actually like this thing. Right. So yeah. I, I understand that aspect of it. And on the other side, you know, for me, it's like, I don't want you to be upset when you're here. I want you to actually want to be here so that you buy into this whole thing. And then we kind of move forward. Yeah. I think that's, that's, uh, that's the dynamic that, that in this household, we always fight on and we always yeah. argue about, right. Um, and I and I really like how you say there's no blueprint because at the end of the day, as a as a mother, as a father, all we want to do is to make sure that our kids make it to that next day. Right? Yeah. At the end of the day, that's really what it is. I, I don't think there's really a wrong way to do this. So my biggest decision is to make sure that every single day before I leave, before they leave, I always tell them that I love them yep. and be the best version of the subs they can be. Like yeah. that is something that I know that I've said every single day. And since they were small, they also know that if, if I make a promise, I'm going to keep it mm-hmm. right. I will never promise something that I'm not going to be able to do. If I can't do something, I'm going to be honest with you up front and be like, look, we're going to try to do that, yep. but I can't make sure you do that. But if I said, we we're going to do it, I don't care if it's, you know, nine o'clock at night. And I said, I was going to give you a Slurpee and we didn't make it. And, <laughs> and you know, you have any, I don't care what it is. I'm going to do it because I, I said I would. Yeah. Right. And to me, that is that is something that, it, again, it's one of those lead by example. Yep. Right? I, I said I'm going to do it. And, you know, the kids know if mom says something, it might it might not happen. Right. It may happen. It may <laughs> not happen. But if dad said it was going to happen, it's going to happen. Yeah. Right. Because that's the that's one of those things I said early on for, for the kids. Yeah. <clears throat> so, you know, for those those things, I think are are they don't sound very big but they've made some of the biggest impacts in my life. Like my daughter now to this day, she will, she cannot exit the car for school without telling her mom, I love you. And she wants to hear, I love you back. Yeah. There's times where like, they'll be mad at each other and she'll just kind of like, I love you. But I feel like that's something that I was able to help instill in them because, yeah. you know, I want them to be the best, best versions of themselves. I don't check on my kids 
to do their homework. My daughter is self-driven and she's competitive and she will come and ask me for help. My son doesn't ask me for help at all, but he's got straight A's. Right. And, and I don't tell them, Hey, you have to get A's. Mm -hmm. And that's not, that's not even as a teacher, right. I'm not, I'm not pushing them for that. Mm -hmm. I want them to be the best version of themselves. Like I tell them every single day and I don't know what that's going to be. I thought I was going to be the, the guy who was going to coach baseball for my son. He was going to be a baller just like I was growing up and he's not a sports kid at all right <laughs> my daughter is the sports one he is like mom he he likes drama he's he's my thespian right like he's literally going to rehearsals every day he loves doing that he's going to be nice. in a musical this year like that's awesome. his thing yeah right but for me it's like i don't care what it is be the best version of you yeah. you can be right baseball in my family died because my daughter wants to play soccer so i don't even i don't even play baseball anymore right i don't even coach the skill she wanted to play soccer which is awesome i knew nothing so i put her into a club that can teach her stuff that i didn't know right That's yeah. the, i gave her that opportunity i wasn't able to have as a yeah. kid but it doesn't matter be the best version of you that you can be and that and that can apply to sports it applies to you being an individual you having manners with your family you having you know, the integrity to do the work when nobody else is looking. Like yep. that's really what it comes down to. If I can show you that every day dad's here and loves you and that you are putting your best foot forward, then that's a win in parenting. And, and yep. you know, maybe it might Absolutely. not be the win that that other family says, or I might not put my kid in, you know, this other uh, activity because of whatever, whatever reason, but it works for us. Yes. It works for me. And Boom. that's all I can do. That's what it's about. Every family is different, just like every person is different. And I think one of the things that we said, you, you just said right here and explained through that whole thing is, is making this decision to be the example. And I think it's one of the things with fatherhood is, yeah, there is no blueprint. Sometimes you're sitting here, what the fuck am I doing with this? Like, mm -hmm. what am I doing? What do I do in this situation? I know things have come up and I'm like, all right, I got to know. I know I got to make decisions here and I don't know which ones were like, let's go with this one. But I think one of the things is, 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 just like you said, you're setting the example, just like we do. And we, we teach here in the brotherhood too, is that set intention for your days. And when you set intentions for your day and you utilize those skills and strategies, your kids are seeing that every single day, you know? So like for me, we have a blended family. Our, our oldest is always with us, uh, but our two youngest flip back and forth 50, 50, but in here, in our house, man, they see structure. They see like discipline. They see, these are the things that happen there's no second guessing. And that's what we wanted to create, you know, as a family uh, as well. And, and, and looking at those different things, you know, just like you, you know, and John, I'm sure it was you and your wife too, were different. We, we thought differently and that's good. That's a great thing because mm -hmm. now there's, there's contributions from both and different qualities, just like you said with, Hey, getting them to make the decisions and choices and own them for themselves. Like that's awesome but also throwing them into the fire and throwing them into the mix and forcing them to do something that also has some good qualities too in a tight place. And, and it also goes to show, because the other thing too, is your, your kids are going to see that communication back and forth. They're going to see mm -hmm. those and those decisions as families, whether you're in a, in a family that's, that's married, if you're in a blended family, if you have split custody, if you're talking back and forth, your kids are seeing the decisions that you're making, um, whether we like it or not, uh, people, you know, our kids will not listen. They don't, like I say, they don't listen. They look at what we do. Um, what you do speak so loudly that what you say, I can't hear. And mm. that's one of the things I, I'll repeat that. Cause it took me like 20 times to be like, no, wait, what'd you just say there? What you do speak so loudly that what you say, I can't hear. 
And, and that for me was like, man, as, as a father, even as a husband, even as a man in a community and my family in the community and, and as a teachers, you and I heard and both teachers and as well as even in the schools, man, it's, it's about what we do. And that's what, what people see uh, in those decisions that we make. So I think that's super important. So true. So Absolutely. true. John, you got a question, man? Uh, man, I tell you, that was uh, definitely great stuff and good for you for, you know, like I said, setting those examples and, and sticking to those words with your kids. And, you know, like I said, that's, that's huge and, and good for you. I, I, I appreciate that. Um, Thank you. And I, yeah, I'm not sure I've kind of drawn a blank. I had one and now it's gone. I, I, pull, I pulled, you got me, Squirrel. you caught me off guard. I wasn't ready. Squirrel. I thought you had her. I saw you writing. I thought you had it written down there, but that's all right. Uh, no, but I, I do. One of the other things, too, is I, I want to jump into society, too, because I think a lot of times society puts like the pressure on men to be that decision maker. Um, and that, you know, just like like when my wife and I got together, you know, lots of times, you know, it's like when I grew up and not necessarily because my mom's an independent woman. She's like, look at my dad, like the fuck you talk about what'd you just say <laughs> like and my dad be like uh like if you know my dad like you look at him you're like dude is this is this guy like is he angry he's like the nicest like a teddy bear but when you look at him you're like oh shit like is this guy like okay i don't know if i want to mess with this guy but my mom is my dad's six three my mind's five nine or something like that she's short and it's like no not even five, yeah not even no five three that's what she is five three so she like short <laughs> It's like tall, short, you know, and she'd be like, I don't think so. And then I'm like, okay. So I saw a very independent woman there growing up, but I know a lot of people, especially I'm from Pennsylvania, especially a lot around here. It's like, Hey, the man made the decision, you know, and this is, and especially from other men is that in society is that pressure to be like, Hey, you have to be a decision maker and you have to make the right decision all the time. And you have to do all this tap into some of that of, do you see that? Cause you're in California, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, so, so is it the same a, there? Is it different here? What? Where's, no, no, what's man. Going you're, on? You're, well, okay. So we're we're a little more quote woke, right? Uh, whatever that's <laughs> supposed to mean. Uh, but I, I'm with you. Look, here here's my thing, right? Uh, as as much as you want to be in touch with your feelings and your vulnerability, because I think it's important um, that you that you're able to do that. At the end of the day, uh, a woman seeks an alpha. Right. Like th that's just the way it works. Like your dad is a big dude. Right. Your mom's small. Your mom might control what your dad does. But at the end of the day, he's the alpha. If something happens, he's dad's the one who they're going to look yeah. forward to. Uh, you know, like when 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 oh shit happens, they're looking for him for guidance. Right. Yeah. And like that is at the end of the day what, what happens. And I feel like there's a lot of uh, I mean, OK, so we got uh, what's his name? Andrew Tate. Right. Gets canceled on the Internet. For a lot of the stuff that he says and a lot of stuff, you know, yeah, he's, he's extreme, but for the most part, there's some stuff in there that we need to kind of remember that, dude, yeah, you're a guy. If you're walking in here and you are not confident, if you're walking in your household and you don't command control, like if you're not that, that alpha, then there's that weakness that anybody can creep in and, and exploit. Right. Mm. I love, uh, I think it was Jordan Peterson that said something yep. like, uh, you need to be a beast. Right, you need to be ferocious, and then have the 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 ability to control, control it. it. Like that's part of what it takes to to be a man. And I think there's a lot of of societal pressure today to have this whole woman movement. And and I think for the most part in society, the feminist movement won. And so now mm -hmm. it's like, okay, cool, you won. 
how does a man navigate in this space now? Yeah. Right. How does a man yep. still show himself to be a man? Because a woman will say, you know, and, and I know this happens in, in relationships as well. Like I was thinking of, of launching this new show called What Beautiful Women Think. And mm -hmm. the intro to it was was going to be uh, like, uh, let me let me actually just read it to you. Let me tell you what, what the intro was going to yeah, be. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> interesting. OK, says, so, so let me ask you a question. What's wrong with being a man? Nothing. Then why are so many nice guys friend zoned? Why are so many great husbands and amazing fathers not getting the attention they deserve? So I invite you to join me as I dip into my dark side and we learn more about what beautiful women think. And, you know, this is one of those things like you're in a relationship and sometimes you're not even getting the attention you feel you deserve from your wife. Why is that? Well, you're probably letting go of some of your alpha qualities. Like at the end of the day, you probably got comfortable. And mm -hmm. you kind of let yourself go and you started to put on a few pounds and then you go ask, you know, you know, well, what's wrong? Why don't you like me? She's like, Oh, I, I like nice guys. Right. I, it's cool. I want you to be that way. But yet when Aquaman comes out of the water, she's like, Ooh, look at that guy over there. Right? Like, <laughs> come on. Like there, yeah. there's something no, yeah, there yeah. that's, something. that's biologically, you know, something, something's going on there. The woman always wants the alpha. And, and no matter what they say, they might want the, you know, oh, I like my nerdy guys, right? The guys with, you know, the glasses, the ones that uh, watch Spider-Man and, you know, Marvel nerds, because I'm a Marvel nerd, by the way. Uh, <laughs> right? I want that stuff. But even in that group, they still search for the alpha in yeah. that group. Like, there's still that part of being a man that I feel you're not going to really get unless you hang out with dudes yeah right and that's part oh, yeah. of uh, that's part of just being there uh and i that's why you know there's times that i get to hang out with my son i don't really have this core group of guys that i hang out with and you i feel like come to the brotherhood I, then right well, even, <laughs> so the other day i went to i went to the uh to the movies i took my daughter to go watch uh i forgot what it was oh it was black adam because i took my son oh, yeah. the night before but she had to reschedule for whatever reason i was like i'll take you in the morning we go to the mall it's like 10 in the morning and there's this table and there's these these older dudes and they're like 60, 70, maybe 80 years old. Maybe there's like 10 or 11 of them, right? And they're the early risers. They're there and they're just, you know, shooting the shit, having coffee, drinking donuts, whatever. But that's the dude time, right? That's the clan time. That's where, that's where a guy could be a guy where, you know, it, the way guys speak to guys is, is derogatory and is anti-male toxicity as it might be like dudes need that we there's need it, still yes. a place for that um and it's funny because my brother's more like the woke guy right and so i read him that intro and he was like i would never listen to that that is where rape culture comes from and i was like bro <laughs> I was like, what <laughs> and that's a, exactly i was like that's a little more extreme than i thought uh you know like i, 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 I kind of understand where you're coming yeah. from but you know, like, and I think that's what we're dealing with in California. It's like, uh, if you're anything super male, it's, it, it can be very toxic. And I understand yeah. where you're coming from, but a guy is still a guy. Yeah. And a guy yeah. needs to totally still agree. have other guys around him. He's got to learn how to be that person who, who commands control, what it's like to be a man, how even something as simple as opening the cookie jar or taking out the trash. I don't care what it is, opening the door for a woman and protecting yeah. her. It's still being a male. You're still, you're still doing guy things and i think that's absolutely necessary in today's world absolutely absolutely i'll tell you uh one good dude that uh was out there and i've actually been following him on instagram for probably about a year year and a half is keith yaki mm -hmm. um he and he has uh the married game and it just talks a lot about that about you know reconnecting with your wife making your wife want you again and and you know and that mainly a lot of the big reason that 
you have that is because you as the man just ain't showing out like you should and and like you used to, you know, and and definitely, you know, the, those little things that you uh, that you do that annoy the hell out of them that, that build up and, uh, you know. Yeah, so definitely a good one. And he would uh he would fit in well into your uh into your target there. You know, you can, right? Uh, yeah. For so sure. I haven't I haven't actually done that show, but uh, it's one of those that popped in my head, and I'm you know I'm thinking actually one of the things I do in my classroom is I teach the kids a lot about you know creating marketing. So they do landing pages and thank you pages and all that stuff. I was like, you know what, it'd be a good idea. Let them come up with their own shows, and then we test it out in the market, and we see if yeah. somebody would actually listen and somebody yeah, would actually go. host. And who knows? It might be an idea that you want to use, utilize. I know how to put together podcasts. I know how to host podcasts. I have a lot of experience in the podcast space. So might as well use those skills and see what we develop there. So who knows? So what, what, do you, what is it that you teach, Hernan? So I what teach a class called uh, Financial Algebra. So I teach kids life skills. So the core of the class is, you know, how to buy a car, how to buy a house, how to write your tax return, uh, you know, it, how to you know own what's auto insurance, you know, the, the life skill stuff. Um, wow. But they actually they have that as a class. They have it as a class, um, and Man, sadly, for- it's not pushed as a as a requirement. It's like it's like a math credit that you get that's kind of left that. over on the side, right? Like, in in I had this discussion with counselors the other day because I was like, look, next year I want to teach six classes. Right now, I only have four units. Right, I want to teach six classes. Uh, and, and they were like, well, we don't really push it because we want the kids to go to college. And I was like, dude, I I get it. I get it. I get it. Um, you're hoping that this group of kids will, will graduate and go to college. You're hoping that they're going to pick a degree that's actually useful. You're hoping that they actually graduate from college and then apply it. Right. That's a lot of hope. And I, and I commend you for that. I hope a lot of that happens as well, but you know, what's going to happen is they're all going to be adults. They're all yeah. going to graduate yeah. and they're all going to need these skills. They're going to have to know how to write their tax return. They're going to have to buy a vehicle. They're going to have to rent or buy a house at some point in their life. Yeah. So this should be a requirement, not a, something you just dump some kids that need some extra math credit yeah. class. This needs to be yeah. something that's not a check off to get into college because most people, life. yeah, especially since we all know that going to college is dropping and dropping and increasingly less important than what it is. And again, that's coming from two educators that we already know this, you know what I mean? Take vocational schools, things like that. So, you know, it's looking at giving things that are useful and valuable. So speaking of that, we're going to jump into the top three tools that uh, will help you make decisions to get you the results that you want. Because again, our decisions they either lead us towards the results that we want or away from those results. So, Renee, what would you think? What would you give tools? And and we we're all about tools, putting tools in your tool belt, things like that that are useful and valuable as well. So, what are those top three tools that you would say um, our listeners could use right away to help make those decisions to get them the results that they actually want? I'm going to use the ones that I use. So number one is exercise. Like you have to take care of your body. We literally talked about, uh, you know, the whole relationship issue thing. I promise you, if you look sexier, your wife will find you sexier too. Plus it gives you that clarity time. I use my workout time to listen to audiobooks, yes. to listen to motivational stuff, to just like to sometimes just be by myself quiet and kind of figure things out, plan what it is for my day. It's a, it's for me, it's now to about an hour and a half of workout and it's a six mile run. I got 30 minutes of work, you know, regular push up sit-ups and all that stuff. And I freaking look awesome. I'm 40 <laughs> years old. I've looked better than I did ever, ever before. Right? And yep. 
right? So it's it's amazing. The confidence that you will have is yeah. super powerful. You need that confidence in yourself. Belief in yourself opens up so many doors. So tool number one is exercise. You don't even need to be super you know, tough about it. Start off with just getting up and walking yep. around the block every day. Just set the time, um, which kind of pulls into my next tool, which is a routine. Like motivation, you're not going to have that. It's just not always there, but a discipline will always win over that routine. So yep. that, you know, when it comes to exercise, when it comes to some of the minimum standards that I do on a daily basis, I keep, uh, which is my third thing is to keep a journal. I actually keep two journals. I have one that tracks my minimum standards and my workouts and the, the my get to do list and my one thing that I need to accomplish for the day. That's all it has on there. Super simple. Um, because I want to know what I'm working on, what it was I setting out to do, did I get it done? That's it for for that journal. The second one, I know I keep it. It's actually right here, right? And and this is this is just my dump journal. At the end of the day, at the end of the night, before I go to bed, I just write down what the hell did I do today. Sometimes it's stories about you know spending time with the kids or frustrations that I have in my mind or projects that I want to I want to do. It doesn't matter. It's one page of me dumping my day yeah. onto onto a piece of paper. Uh, and I think those three things are going to keep you in line. You're going to have the confidence that you're looking for. You're going to build it as you work out. You have disciplines and routines focused in a direction that you want to go in. And then you got to get stuff off your chest at some yeah. point. If you don't have the dudes to do it with, then a journal will work just as well to chronologically just kind of look back and be like, this is what I was going through. This is what I'm improving on. This is how I'm, I'm going to get get to where I want to go. So journals, routines, and exercises, these are my three things. Oh, love it. And you actually said, said uh, what my wife always says, uh, discipline always beats motivation. That's what she always. says all the time. Always, always, always. And, and I agree with that because listen, and, and I always say too, with motivation, inspiration is what gets you moving. Motivation is what keeps you moving. So if you mm -hmm. eat, you don't have something to get your ass moving, uh, and that's discipline, why you're staying disciplined, just like with the exercise, with the routine, with the journal. There needs to be a why behind that, the inspiration of why you're doing that. You have that. That is the example for other guys and making the decision. So, Hernan, you ready for the quick hit? Five Let's seconds. All right. Let's do it. John, who's going first? You want rock, paper, scissors for it? <laughs> sure. <laughs> All right. I won. I won. All right. All right. Here we go. First one. Five seconds. All right. What's your favorite animal? Ooh, a cat. Work or play? play what's your favorite word oh favorite word bro nice i love it bro <laughs> <laughs> top book recommendation for our listeners oh right now relentless by tim grover very good book very good book who is your hero uh i love um me in 10 years Nice. You ever read that book? You ever read that book? Uh, what's his name? I forgot his name. Oh, right. Oh, right. What's his name? What's oh, his Matthew, name? McConaughey. Matthew McConaughey. Okay. Yes, sir. Yeah. So I heard him Green say Lights. that and I was like, yes, Green Lights, by the way. Awesome book. Yes. And if you get the audio, he reads it. So hearing yeah, his voice phenomenal. is awesome. But uh, he talks, he says that in a speech, you know, like my hero is me in 10 years. 10 years. And that's, that's awesome. I love that. Yeah. Right on. Oh, yeah. What's your deepest fear? Not being enough. Oh, goes back to the two greatest questions. Am I good enough? Do I have what it takes? Number seven, if you could go back in time to change any part of your life, would you? Yes. Okay. Did you want to know which what? one? <laughs> <laughs> we're gonna let the we're gonna let him 
We'll have you back over later. No, five seconds. Go. Uh, Next question. What do you wish you learned sooner? Uh, what do I wish I learned sooner? Um, that the more people you talk to, the more success you'll have. Mm. Love it. Love it. Do you prefer, prefer, do you prefer the soft cloud version or the sword version of the truth? Oh, I think the sword version of the truth is the one you need. Mm -hmm. The soft version of the truth is the one you can tolerate. Gotcha. I love it. What's your biggest strength? Um, consistency. Yes. Love it. Awesome. And again, consistency and making those decisions for yourself. So thanks, her Hernan, for being on here today with us. And guys, I know you absolutely got something out of this. And here's what we ask you to do. Download episode for future use. Subscribe to the podcast so you get the episodes every single week. Rate, review right below there. And again, share this episode with just one other person. Pay it forward. Uh, Hernan, thank you for being on here, man. What's your any final last word? No, man. Uh, my whole thing is go out and make it happen. So if you guys want a little bit of daily dose, uh, with the exception of the 14th of every month, because that's the day I have to run commissions. I don't actually <laughs> run that day. Uh, you can join me on my Instagram, dude. And it's just me venting on a normal day-to-day -day basis after my run, kind of giving something inspirational. Or join me on my podcast at Business Bros Pod, where we uh, listen and learn from entrepreneurs every day, opening doors. So that's it. That's it. That's all I got for you guys. Oh, and what awesome. is what is your Instagram, Hernan? Everything is at Business Bros Pod. So uh, this is one okay. of those things that you know I, I tell people all the time: you're invisible in business until you decide to put out content, and you become visible. The more consistent you are, you become credible. And uh, once you have that credibility, you can ask uh, from your from your audience, and that's where you become profitable. So. Uh, right. For us, it's, you know, you Google business bros podcast mm -hmm. uh, and watch what that has done for me just in creating content. It's amazing. So don't be invisible. Uh, I, was, I heard this for real estate agents. It works for insurance agents too. Secret agents have skinny kids. So don't be invisible. Get your butt out there. <laughs> make it happen. Post the content. I don't care how uncomfortable it is. You'll get yes, better yes. with time and it's totally worth it. Awesome, sure. man. Well, we appreciate you being here, guys. Again, we know you got stuff out of this. Do that. Go connect with Hernan and make sure that you like and uh, like his stuff, promote it out, gives it visible, see him. And again, if you guys are part of the Brotherhood, jump out, get that information to become part of the Brotherhood. Uh, and that way you can get connected with the guys that are living on fire and on purpose every single day. Hernan, thank you. John, thank you. Have yes, a good sir. guess week, guys.